Well, good morning, everyone. My name is John. I'm the lead pastor, and I'm so glad that you're with us today. Uh, so there's a saying that you might have heard before, uh, that the grass is always greener on the other side. Uh, and the idea is that sometimes we look at our lives and the way things are, and I think especially maybe now in the midst of 2020, a lot of us look at our lives and we're just, there's kind of a sense of just disappointment. Uh, I talk to people and they are, they're tired and they're exhausted and they're burnt out and they're losing their temper and they're angry and they're anxious and they're worried. And so there's a thought that, man, just like somewhere over there, it's better. You know, if I just had like that job, uh, if I just had that house, if I had that possession, if just like just over there, my life would be better. And particularly what we want to talk about today, sometimes we believe that relationally, the grass would be better over there. And we want to talk about two groups today, that there's some folks and they are single. And so they have this thought as they look at the world around them and maybe especially as they look at their Facebook or their Twitter or their Instagram and they think, man, if I was just with somebody, if I just had a boyfriend, if I had a girlfriend, if I was married, if I had someone that I was in a relationship with, I am just so lonely, I am just so tired of being by myself and just if I could be in a relationship with somebody, that would be better. And then there's other people and they're with somebody and that person is driving them crazy. Uh, and now they've been locked in the house and quarantined since March with that person. And they have this thought that if they could just leave me alone, and maybe they're at a point where their relationship, their marriage has gotten so dysfunctional. I mean, there's just so much fighting or ignoring or whatever the difficulties are. And they have this thought that if I could just, if they could just leave, if I could just leave, if, if we could just put this relationship behind us, then my life would be better. And if you've ever had that thought, that if you could just make a relationship change in your life, then automatically that would make your life better, then you are not alone. Uh, lots of people have had that thought and people have had that thought at least for the last 2,000 years. Uh, for the last couple months now, we've been looking at an ancient letter 2,000 years old uh, called the Letter of 1 Corinthians. So it was a letter that a guy named Paul wrote to a group of people who lived in a city called Corinth 2,000 years ago. And they were in the midst of life just like we all live life and they had this thought that maybe the grass on the other side is a little bit better and so Paul is going to give them some advice in 1st Corinthians chapter 7 and it was great advice 2,000 years ago I think it's great advice now and it's also pretty difficult advice then and it's pretty difficult advice now uh, so here's what Paul says in 1st Corinthians chapter uh, 7 it says don't be wishing you were someplace else or with someone else where you are right now is God's place for you live and obey and love and believe right there 
God, not your marital status, defines your life. So here's kind of what Paul is building off of, is that Paul was a Christian. He was a Jesus follower. And so Paul absolutely was believing in the things that Jesus said. And one of the things that Jesus and really the whole Bible comes back to over and over again is that there is something of this kingdom of God. That, that there is a way in which we can live our lives, not just someday when we go to heaven, but that we can live our lives right now in kind of the presence and full experience of God. Uh, that there's a way that the way things are in heaven can be here right now. And that there's a way in which we can live our everyday lives right where we are, full of peace and full of joy and full of contentment and full of love. And the amazing thing about the Bible is that the Bible is not full of people who have these like amazing lives and because they've achieved these amazing lives, then they get to experience the kingdom of God. Instead, it's full of a bunch of people who are in lion's dens and who are run on the run for their life and who are being marginalized racially and are being put in jail and are being beaten and many times their circumstances are really terrible and it seems like that they will constantly be thinking man the grass must be greener on the other side but yet in the midst of sometimes very difficult and troubling circumstances they are experiencing the full experience of the kingdom of God right where they are. So one of the things that Paul wants to let us know is that whatever is going on in your life right now, uh, whatever is going on relationally in your life right now, if you're single, if you're married, if you're in a good relationship, if you're in a dysfunctional relationship, that it is possible for you to experience the full kingdom of God right now, right where you are. Uh, and in particular, he's gonna talk to two different groups of people today. He's gonna talk to people that are single, and he's gonna talk to people that are in relationships that are dysfunctional relationships, where at least one person in the relationship is looking to maybe pull the plug and leave that relationship. Uh, so we're gonna start by looking at uh, singles. And uh, if you're single today and watching, I'm so glad that you're with us. And here's something that you don't need me to tell you at all, is that when you're single, there's a lot of pressure to not be single. And this pressure is put on you by your parents, it can be put on you by friends, uh, it can be put on you when you are watching a Netflix show and it feels like everyone's in a romantic relationship. It can be put on you when you turn on the radio and you're hearing all these love songs. And unfortunately, this pressure can be put on you by church. It's easy to walk into a church building uh, when we used to be able to do that kind of a thing. And it just seems like everyone is with a couple, you know, everyone is in a family, everyone has kids, and so when you walk in single, even though you know that there's other singles that are there, it can just feel like that there's so many other people that have already found their somebody and they're in a family, and there can just be this like pressure that's like, yeah, it's fine to be single, but someday I really need to find somebody because to be in a, in a couple, to be married, to be in a family, that somehow that's a better way to live and maybe even a better way to live the Christian life. 
And so it's super interesting and important what Paul is going to say to us in 1 Corinthians 7. Because Paul, you've been with us the last few weeks, has been talking a lot about marriage. And Paul's a, a fan of marriage. Uh, he makes a big deal that uh, marriage can be a really wonderful thing and that God can do great things if you're involved in a good marriage. But he's going to now talk about singleness. And Paul is going to say that, you know what, being married is good, being single is good. But he's going to say that he thinks that being single is actually a better way to live. Uh, so here's what uh, Paul says. He says, sometimes I wish everyone were, singular, were, was, were single like me. A simpler life in many ways. Uh, so Paul's saying, man, I, you know, I kind of wish everyone was single because Paul was single. And we actually don't really know uh, why uh, Paul was single. Some people think that he was just always single. He had just never really uh, uh, been in a relationship. Uh, some people think that maybe he was married before, um, but then maybe he, his wife passed away. Some people think that uh, before he became a Christian, he had a pretty prosperous uh, career going. And so maybe he was married, but then when he became a Christian, he kind of like turned away from you know all the prosperity and money and kind of went a whole different direction to follow Jesus and so some people think when he went that way his wife was like no 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 I'm 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 not going for it uh, I'm gonna leave you and we don't really know but for whatever the case Paul was single and he had been single for a while maybe his whole life and he says man I I kind of wish everyone was experiencing singleness too because singleness is kind of great and, and here's why he says that he says, I want you to live as free of complications as possible. Paul says, that, Here, here's what I've seen. Uh, as a single guy looking across to the other grass to married people, there's a lot of complications that come when you're married to someone else. And any honest married person will tell you that's absolutely true. Uh, I remember before uh, I got married, I was living here in Albany and one of my best friends from college was living down in New York City and so every month every other month sometimes uh, I would go down to New York City and I would spend a couple days with him and we would just have a blast I mean we would just we would, we would go to concerts we would go to comedy clubs and we would go uh, out to cool restaurants and we would just really try to just like live the cool uh, New York City life and we had a blast and then I would come home and I would like have spent all my money down in New York City and so now to like recoup uh, for the next month I would have to like you know just ramen noodles all the time and sometimes I didn't have enough money to uh, fill up my gas tank so I'd have to like walk back and forth to work uh, but in my mind like I it was just me and so I, I, I could make that work and then I got married and to say Hey, Ashley, I'm thinking about going down to New York City and spending a ton of money and then we're going to have to eat ramen noodles for the next month. She's like, yeah, I, I'm not going to go for that as much because now I couldn't just think about myself and what I was okay with. I had to think about someone else and that makes things a lot more complicated. When you get married, you sacrifice freedom. You sacrifice independence. And it's not just on, you know, silly things like spending money and going to have fun with friends. It can be on pretty big things. Uh, again, here's what Paul says. He says, when you're unmarried, you're free to concentrate on simply pleasing the master. 
Marriage involves you in all the nuts and bolts of domestic life and wanting to please your spouse, leading to so many more demands on your attention. The time and energy that married people spend on caring for and nurturing each other, the unmarried can spend in becoming the whole and holy instruments of God. As some of you know, uh, uh, my wife Ashley works for a, a nonprofit organization, Vision Trust, and they help kids in the developing world. And so in non-COVID times, uh, a big part of her job is traveling to different countries uh, throughout the world, and she'll lead teams there. And these teams are critically important. Uh, these teams not only get work done while they're there, but it's the chief way to get more people interested in sponsoring these kids. And so every time she goes on a trip, it generates more money, more prayer, more effort to going helping these kids that need food and education and to know about the love of Jesus. Every time she goes on this one of these trips, it makes a huge, huge difference. And she gets offered travel all the time if she wanted to she could probably travel every month she could probably even travel multiple times each month but she regularly has to say no because she has responsibilities uh, she has responsibilities as a wife she has responsibilities as a mom and so she has to say no to amazing ministry opportunities that would make a huge difference in the world she has to sacrifice those on behalf of her marriage and Paul is looking at this. I mean, Paul was a, an amazing example. He had traveled around the world. He was moving from city to city to city and doing really risky things of going on ships at a time when a lot of people didn't do that. He was often ending up in jail and getting beaten. And he was living a life that if he had the responsibilities of being a husband, he very well might not have been able to do. And so much of the good that Paul was able to do, he was able to do because he had the freedom to be single. And so if you're single, there's opportunities that you have to serve God without any strings attached that a spouse might have that is amazing. And you need to take advantage of that and be grateful. The other thing that uh, I would add that in, and Paul doesn't say this, but uh, I, I think it's right, is that if you ever think, you know, I think I might sacrifice part of my freedom I might sacrifice part of the good that I can do for God so that I can be with another person. It better be the right person. A couple weeks ago in our community group, we were talking about relationships and a lot of us were telling uh, stories about some unfortunate relationships that we had had in our past. And we all kind of had our own stories. Uh, my story, I dated a girl when I was a senior in high school into my freshman year of college. And I, mean, I just... I gave so much to her. I mean, just so much of my time, so much of my attention. Uh, I sacrificed time with friends. I sacrificed time with my family. Uh, I gave her so much of what I had to offer in that point in my life. And then we broke up and, and I don't even know where she is now. I'm not even Facebook friends with her. I gave so much to this girl who ended up not even being that important in my life. And I wish that I could go back and change that. And so if you decide to get in a relationship someday, then part of what Paul is saying is that, hey, being single is wonderful. And if you decide to give that up, if you decide to give up that freedom, if you decide to give up that independence, if you decide to give up all of the amazing things that you can do for God, 
then you need to realize, one, that you are making a sacrifice, and it better be somebody who is worth it. And don't waste your time in a dating relationship. Don't rush into a marriage with someone where you're going to have to sacrifice all that, and they are not the right person. The second group uh, that Paul is going to talk to now is folks that, that are married. And for whatever reason, the marriage isn't going well. Uh, the relationship is falling apart. And there's at least one person in the relationship that's thinking, you know, it would be a lot easier if we just went our own separate ways. If I just left, if we just got divorced, if we just put this thing behind us, just my life would be better, maybe your life would be better, like life would be better if we could just end this crazy marriage. Uh, and Paul, again, his advice is that wherever you are, you should stay. Uh, and here's what Paul is going to say, particularly uh, to people that are thinking about uh, leaving. And if you're married, stay married. This is the master's command, not mine. Uh, so Paul is going to say his first reason of if you're married uh, and you're thinking about leaving, Paul says that you should stay married. Don't leave that marriage. And he says the reason is because that's what Jesus said. And Paul is probably thinking back to something that is in uh, Mark chapter 10 where Jesus is talking about divorce. And some people come to Jesus and say, hey, is it okay for us to get divorced? And then they cite this law from the Old Testament that a guy named Moses had written. They said that, hey, it's okay if you get a divorce. All you need is a marriage certificate. And as long as you have this marriage certificate, then you can kind of, it's okay. And you can uh, let your wife or you can let your husband go. And Jesus says, yeah, no, uh, I, I'm going to change that. Uh, you shouldn't leave your wife. You shouldn't leave your husband. Uh, now, before we talk about why, uh, we should say that Jesus is talking about and Paul is talking about kind of specific problems in marriage. Uh, because there are some problems in marriage uh, of infidelity, uh, of abuse. There might absolutely be reasons that for your own health, for your own safety, for the safety of your kids, you might absolutely need to leave a relationship. And Paul isn't talking about those circumstances. What Paul is talking about is that when people get married, they'll often say vows and they'll say things like, we're going to be with each other for better or for worse. And sometimes the worse comes. Sometimes there's really difficult seasons in a relationship. Sometimes there's times where you're just working so much and it feels like you're just not communicating anymore. Sometimes there's things that, you know, used to, you know, it didn't really bother you that much, but now they just annoy you so much about that other person. Now you're just arguing about how you spend money. You're arguing about how to spend the kids. You're going through just some sort of really difficult situation in your life. And Paul says that when you're in those kind of situations and it just feels like it would be easier to leave than you should stay because what Paul knows about marriage and what Jesus knew about marriage is that marriage gets better when you work through difficulties uh, and this is true of every great married couple I know every great married couple I know that's been married for 20 30 40 50 years 
every single one of them. One, if you ask them about the first couple years of their marriage, uh, some of them will say it was some of the hardest times of their marriage. Uh, some people say it was fine, but none of them will say that that was the best time in their marriage. All of them will say that the best time of their marriage came later, often after they worked through some really difficult situations. And all of them will say that they definitely had difficult situations. Every great married couple I know has times in their life, seasons in their marriage, where they thought about leaving. They thought that it might be easier if we just went our separate ways. But then instead of leaving, they went to counseling, they got together with some friends, they did some hard looks in the mirror themselves and they started to work on some of the things that were going on inside their lives emotionally and spiritually and they worked on the communication between themselves and then once they worked through those issues they found another kind of gear another level of marriage that was so much better so paul is saying that when you get to that season of your marriage for some couples it's like in the first year uh, a lot of couples will hit a bump at like the five-year mark. Other couples will hit it like at the seven, eight-year mark, at the 20-year mark, uh, after their kids leave the house, after there's a move or another job, some other stressful situation, and they'll feel like that they just want to leave. But if you can stay, and if you can learn from what God wants to do in this season of your life, then it could be leading you to the best season of your marriage yet. Uh, and then finally, Paul is going to talk about uh, a kind of specific uh, uh, issue in some marriages that were happening in Corinth, and this might be a specific issue in your marriage too. And so there were some couples in this church in Corinth, and one of the folks in the marriage had become a Christian, was a Jesus follower now, and the other person was not a Christian. And that was just creating all kinds of issues in their life because the one wanted to go to church, the other one didn't want to go to church, you know, and the one wanted to make these decisions of following Jesus with their life and with their money and with their time and with their attitudes. And the other one didn't want to do that and didn't understand it could create all kinds of issues. And so the Christian in the relationship was thinking, you know, man, it would just be so much easier for me just to, to leave them and either just be single or to find someone else who was also a Christian. But being with them is just becoming way too difficult. And Paul says that you should stay with them as well. And not only should you stay with them, but you should be very careful with how you treat them. Because here's what a lot of us know, is that sometimes non-Christians have a pretty negative view of how Christians treat them. Uh, there's kind of a stereotype that Christians will often treat non-Christians by being very judgmental. That, that Christians can be kind of self-righteous. Uh, that Christians can kind of have their views and their beliefs and they're trying to like shove their, you know, shove the Bible down someone else's throat and wave the finger at them and look down on them. And that is not very effective in helping other people to come to know Jesus. And so here's what Paul is going to say uh, to these folks who are in this situation. He said, God has called us to make the best of it and as peacefully as we can. Treat them lovingly. Treat them with a servant heart, uh, a, a listening heart. And then, who knows? You never know, wife. The way you handle this might bring your husband not only back to you, but to God. And you never know, husband. The way you handle this might bring your wife not only back to you, but to God. 
with the way that you treat the fact that they don't want to go to church with you. Uh, the way that you handle the situation where you want to give some money away and they don't want to give that money away. Uh, the way that they handle that you want to start living these values and that they don't really understand those values. The way in which you treat those things and that you listen and that you love them through the process and are not judgmental or are not self-righteous and are not trying to shove it down their throat might not only help your marriage, but that might be the thing that ends up helping your husband, your wife become a Christian someday. And there's some amazing couples in our church that have that story where one of them became a Christian and sometimes it took years, prayer and love, and now they're experiencing something that is just amazing in their relationship. And so how about you? Is there a part of you right now that you look at the relationship status that you're in, whether you're single, whether you're in a couple, there's a thought that you think, man, somewhere over there could be better. What Jesus says and what Paul says is that you can live the full kingdom of God right now. Uh, as we end, I want to read you uh, three different things. So first, I want to read again what Paul says in uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 7. He says, this is how we should live our lives. Don't be wishing, don't live your life wishing that you are somewhere else or with somebody else. Where you are right now, single, married, happy marriage, difficult marriage, job, money, COVID-19, America, the place you are right now is God's place for you. And so live and obey and love and believe right there. God, not your marital status, will define you. Uh, next thing I want to read is how God works. And this is from one of my favorite books by uh, John Orberg uh, called uh, The Me I Want to Be. Uh, here's what he says. He says, only God knows your full potential. And he is guiding you toward that best version of yourself all the time. He has many tools and is never in a hurry. That can be frustrating for us. But even in our frustration, God is at work to produce patience in us. He never gets discouraged by how long it takes. And he delights every time you grow. Only God can see the best version of you, and He is more concerned with you reaching your full potential than you are. God wants to use your singleness. He wants to use wherever the state of your marriage is to help you grow. Because what God is concerned about most is not changing your circumstances, but changing you. And right where you are, God has the ability to do amazing things in your life. Um, the last verse is uh, one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible from uh, the book of Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs 3, chapter, uh, verses 5 and 6, where it says, Trust in the Lord, and lean not on your own understanding, and in all your ways acknowledge Him, and then He will make your path straight. Because wherever you are in life, and as we look to what might be on the other side of the fence and the grass that maybe could be greener. It's so easy for us to lean on our own understanding. Just to think, what makes sense to me is that if I, was in, if I wasn't single anymore, my life would be better. 
If I was out of this marriage, my life would be better. If this could just happen, then my life would be better. And that's what makes sense to me. That's my understanding. And God, it doesn't really make sense that you want me to stay here. It doesn't really make sense to me that you're not bringing Mr. Wright or Mr. or, or Mrs. Wright into my life when I want a couple so bad. That, that doesn't make any sense to me of why you're keeping me single. It doesn't make any sense to me why you're telling me to stay in this relationship. It doesn't make any sense to me why I would treat them well when they still treat me so badly so many times. That doesn't make any sense to me. And Jesus says, trust in the Lord. Don't lean on your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge him. Because here's what Jesus says. Here's the message of the Bible. Here's the message of the gospel. And this leads us into communion. Is that God wants our lives to change. But it's not that we change our circumstances. And because we changed our circumstances, that puts our life right. And now our path is straight. But that he makes our path straight. The story of the Bible is that Jesus comes into our circumstances right where we are. And when Jesus is with us in our circumstances, single, married, whatever it might be, then we can live in peace and love and contentment because He is the one who changes our lives, not we change our own lives. And so that's what we remember when we celebrate communion is that Jesus loved us enough to come to earth and to sacrifice his son so that we can have full and eternal life right now. So let's take the bread. Let's take the juice. Let's pray. Uh, Jesus, we love you. Help us to trust you. Help us to believe that whatever the situations we find ourselves in our life, to know that you are at work, that you have a plan for us, and those plans are good. And that maybe the best thing for us in our life is to be single, like Paul was, like Jesus, you were. And for us to be single for a long period of our life, or maybe all of our life, and for you to do amazing things through that. Maybe your plan is for us to get married, Maybe your plan is for us to work through this really difficult patch that we are in in our marriage right now. Whatever it is, help us to stay, help us to trust, help us to love you in the process of it. pray all this in your name. Amen. Uh, we love you guys. Uh, make sure you check out the Next Step email. There's some really great questions that uh, we need to live this stuff out in community, uh, especially when it comes to figuring out how we live in the life that God has put us in right now uh, when we don't understand it. Uh, so make sure you talk about that with some great people. Uh, we're going to sing one last song together, so let's sing together.